preach to us during this camp meeting. I want to start with Brother Jesse Galindo. We appreciate the ministry of Brother Galindo. Friday night, so powerful. Saturday night, Brother Wesley Jackson. Thank you, Brother Jackson, for preaching to us. I don't want to miss my miracle. Sunday morning, Brother Joel McCoy. God bless him. It was said this morning, but our our image of David has forever been altered. But thank you for the for the word of God. It was powerful. And Sunday night, Brother Nathaniel Urshan did as only he can do. I want my feet shod. The preparation of the gospel. And then Monday morning, Brother Cody Marks. Oh my. Oh no, ornament. I want to pay full price for this thing, Brother Marks. And then last night, my father, what can be said? It was just classic Joel Holmes. It just doesn't get any better than that. I told somebody, and this is not, this is a compliment. But I said, I've heard this message my entire life. It just changes titles. And that's the reason this church is what it is today because of what we heard preached last night. And then today, my brother Shoemake, you blessed us so tremendously, so powerful. Hallelujah. I want to be broken and I want to be distributed. Hallelujah. Our world needs us. I said our world needs you. When you leave this conference, I hope you leave with a greater determination to reach your community than you've ever had before. If you do that, I believe God's going to be pleased with what's happened here this week. And tonight it is my high honor to bring to this pulpit one of my closest friends. But more than that, he is an anointed man of God. He pastors a powerfully revival church in Vider, Texas. I've been with him in Holland. I've been with him in Vider. Uh, and I know the kind of man he is. He's the same everywhere he is. I even got to sit on the front row at NAYC and hear him preach to 40,000 people. And it was the same Matthew Tuttle that's going to preach tonight. <laughs> Brother Tuttle, we love you here. We want you to come obey the Holy Ghost tonight. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord another great praise? That's a good praise. Let's give him a great praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And what a wonderful presence of the Lord that's here as we turn in our Bibles to one passage of Scripture, Exodus chapter 32, one verse, the 26th verse in your hearing. And I say again, what a privilege, high honor it is to be at camp meeting again this year. And I uh, was driving to church last night and it was pouring rain. Buckets and buckets of rain. On the way to church tonight, there was just a few little puddles left over. And y'all know what I thought. That's, that's just how it's going to be tonight. Last night, it was buckets of rain, and my goodness. That was amazing, wasn't it? Makes me want to go home and buy 3,113 tambourines. Just have everybody beat a tambourine, amen? We're blessed. Thank you to the Holmes family, this great, great church, and... Uh, I'm so honored. My family's here, Michelle, my wife, and my kids. Today's actually my son's birthday, Lewis. He is 10 years old. Happy birthday. Michaela, Savannah, Lewis. Eden is here, and I honor them. Of course, my parents uh, are here in such a high, high honor. Uh, my parents, uh, they've known the Davies family for my whole life. Matter of fact, I think Matthew came to the hospital. Is that right? When I was born to visit me, I don't know, something like that. And he plays cool drums. I mean, not by himself. He's not that old. But he had cool drums and the Davies family. And I remember went to youth camp with Mandy, and she got married to Pastor Nathan. And we were like, oh, my goodness, going over there with the crazy people in Little Rock. And she got here, and, and look what she's done with the place. <laughs> I mean, I think they had 20 people when she came. And now... And so I honor Sister Holmes, amen. All, all the other guys forgot the most important person at the camp meeting, and that's Sister Holmes, and we honor her, amen. Aren't you thankful for these great women of God that love this great truth? And uh, 13 years ago, we, uh, my family and I, my, my father and mother-in-law who are here as well, and I love so very much, we were on vacation in the motorhome, and that's a bad new old motorhome vacation with the in-laws. But it ended up being pretty good. We had a flat tire. You're like, how's that good? Well, it was right here in Little Rock on a Tuesday evening or Sunday evening. I can't remember. And Brother uh, McCoy called Brother Holmes and said, hey, would it be okay if we came to church? And Brother Holmes said, sure, I want you to preach. And uh, my father-in-law said, well, uh, why don't you have my son-in-law preach? Now, I'm going to tell you, most of y'all preachers here, if you got an opportunity to preach here, you ain't giving it to anybody else, much less your son-in-law. <laughs> but my father-in-law uh, is the reason that I'm here today, of course, the power of the Holy Ghost and God. But I want to honor my father-in-law. Thank you, Brother McCoy, for loving me, trusting me, and giving me a head start. Amen. I've got it. I've got it. Aren't you glad you got it? I'm glad I've got him, but the question is, does he have you? We'll find out. Come on. Now, we're not going to go real deep, but we're going to have to shout real hard. If you're going to get wet in a puddle, you've got to get busy. Come on, somebody. Y'all ready? So last night, let's kick the devil in the face. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. 
For the next few moments, I want to preach to you the characteristics of a die-hard fan. Look at your neighbor, high-five them, and say, I'm a fan. Now take that hand, if it's appropriate, lift it up to heaven. Father, thank you for your word, your name, your spirit. Thank you for every minister that's ministered prior to leading to this point. Thank you for the anointing, Father, and we honor them. I pray now, Lord, as we conclude this meeting and we leave this building, that we would leave, Father, encouraged, challenged, but most importantly, changed by the power of your word. Thank you for that anointing that's going to come. Thank you for that anointing that will break and destroy the yoke of sin in this building tonight. Thank you for the victory that will be had by the power of your name. In the wonderful name of Jesus, why don't we give God great praise all across this house. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated if you promise to stand up if I say something true. All these other guys are like, you can be seated. I ain't ever going to say that. If you get up, you can, I'm going to be happy you got up. I'm just going to let you stay up, all right? And I have to stand the whole time. I was going to preach in Greek and Hebrew. I, I wasn't. I don't know Greek and Hebrew. I can barely speak English, people. So it's just going to be simple, and that's why they put me at the end, because all y'all's minds are blown the whole week, and they're like, who can we put at the end that they could still understand what he's going to say? They're like, put Tuttle at the end, put Tuttle at the end, he's, I understand. So I'm just going to put it down real simple. There's two teams. There's team hell and team heaven, and you're either on one or the other. You can't be neutral. If you say I'm neutral, you automatically default to team hell. You're either on team heaven or your own team, hell. Who's on the Lord's side? As for me and my house, we're going to make a choice. I am going to serve the Lord. One of our, in our text today, it's one of sadness. God has delivered his people from Egypt and bringing them to the land of promise, a place of prosperity where the milk and honey flows. He will provide for them as he has daily meat and bread. Water has flown from the rock and they are living in this miraculous place. Moses has gone up to be with God and the people take the gold that God gave them for currency and they turn it into idolatry. Moses comes down the mountain and the assistant pastor has modernized the worship service and and now they got jewelry and gold and all kinds of jazz up on the platform and, and things are not going the way it is. It should be going. And look, if you're one of these modern churches and you got 37 different pastors, you know, you're the water bottle pastor and you're the janitor pastor and all that. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's not how we do it in Vider. We got one pastor. That's me. But if you are one of those pastors... Don't you ever change the, what the real pastor has established from behind this pulpit. Come on. You own salary. He, you, you don't get up here and change it. If he wants to sing old songs, sing the old songs. If he wants to sing the new songs, sing the new songs. If he wants them to dress, you, you come on. Come on, Mr. Assistant Pastor. You got to get behind the man of God. You got to get behind the vision of God. It's dangerous. Well, and when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, in verse 17 of 32 of Exodus, he said unto Moses, There is noise of war in the camp. And he said, 
It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither it is the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that do sing, I hear. Joshua said, I, I hear shouting, I hear singing, and they are shouting and singing for an idol. They are become fans of an idol. Let me just tell you that this world has become fans of idolatry. We call it sports. And I don't, come on. Oh, you're going to hurt the sports people's feelings. I hope I hurt them so bad you never know, go back to another ball game. Let me tell you what. I had to tell my church this. I said, if, you, if I cannot appeal to you on your spirituality, that that is not a place a Christian needs to go. Come on, clapping your hands and raising them for a man? That's idolatry. Let me at least appeal to your sense of patriotism. Anybody that kneels to the American flag and the national anthem, what else do you need to know? They're a bunch of crazies. Let's not give them our money. But I say, we can learn some things from them. Joshua said, there is a sound. I hear, I hear the sounds of fans worshiping their idols. Because sound is spiritual and hell wants as much as he can get. You don't go to ball games and they say, shh, shh, shh. You go to ball games and they say loud, 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 loud. They go into overtime and they get excited about overtime. But we come to church and it's shh, shh, How long is he going to preach? How much longer are they going to sing? Hey, friend, sound is spiritual. And so the first thing I learned, I got a picture of one of them. The first thing I learned about a diehard fan is they are loud. I said, fans are loud. Well, I don't believe all that loud stuff. I don't think all this shouting is necessary. Ask the walls of Jericho. Ask them about sound. Ask the void and the darkness about the sound of the voice of God. Hey, baby, if God had to make noise to make something happen, nothing's going to change in your life with you sitting still. You're going to have to get up and make some noise. Ask old Gideon. Come on. See, the strategy normally would be if you have 300 men and there's hundreds of thousands of the Midianites, uh, the strategy typically would be, shh, 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 sneak up, sneak up. But Gideon said, no, 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 no. That's not the new, the strategy of God's people is cry, make as much noise as you can and let the Midianites know I'm still alive. You know what some of you need to do on the last night of camp is wave your hand, blow your trumpet, and let the enemy know you're still alive. Come on, how many of you believe that the shout is more than us just getting in here as a pep rally? It's spiritual. Walls come down. Things change when we begin to lift our voices. And while we understand that the other team knows it too. The devil knows. Hell, team hell knows. If he can get us to be quiet. That's what he said. I'll ascend up and I'll be equal. I'll just, I'll just silence God. It didn't work. God kicked him out. Then he said, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up Jesus. Try to kill him. Didn't work. He came back with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. It has been his mission 
is to silence, or in modern terms, to cancel the voice of God in the world. I said there's a battle for the sound. That Pentecost has a sound. And there is a battle for who controls the volume and who controls the voice in the earth. I said there's a battle for the voice in the earth, the voice of God. It's never been more prevalent than it is now where they're trying to cancel everything that is apostolic, everything that's wholesome, everything that's godly. But in the name of Jesus, I hope that after this camp meeting you depart with a determination of fervency of fire, but a voice that says we will not, we will not. I'm a die hard fan. It's a fight. Our team versus his. How art thou fallen? Isaiah 14 and 12 says. O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which does weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Who are the stars of God? You have to go to Revelation 1 and 20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou showest in thy right hand the seven golden candlesticks are the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches Satan's failed attempt at silencing heaven now moves to the stars which is your pastor I, I'm going to tell you a little something that when your pastor gets up to preach on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night he's not giving three theological points that we all agree in to get you to clap to collect a tithe check what's taking place is a battle a battle of thrones the throne of hell trying to establish himself over this pulpit because hell knows I don't need the halls of Washington D.C. I don't need the movie screens of Hollywood he wants this pulpit because as this pulpit goes so goes our nation as this pulpit goes so goes our world and I've come to tell hell Pentecost is still the answer come on I said when preacher gets up he's at war the enemy is bad he's fighting against the throne of the adversary I said he's fighting against the culture that we live in come on Every time your pastor gets up, am I right, preachers? Uh, that devil's in your ear telling you, uh, you better be careful. You better not preach it too straight. You're going to hurt their feelings, and then how are you going to pay the bills? And as soon as you're done preaching, am I right, Brother Shoemaker? There's two devils that stand right over there. And they get up in your ear and said, you've been, never done so bad in all your life. Uh, you're a fit. Come on. I just started pastoring, and some man came up to me after church and and he, nice guy. He said, you know, I, I, I want to compliment you. He said, but I don't want your head to get too big. And I said, go ahead and compliment me. The devil does a great job at keeping my head small. He doesn't need your assistance. Let me just say this. Uh, when your pastor's preaching, uh, you ought to be on your feet helping him fight the battle of thrones. I'm... You ought never to let any daylight be between you and what he's saying. You've got to get up on your feet and you've got to declare it. I said you've got... Fight, fight, fight. Fight for this truth. Fight back. Fight back for Team Pentecost. Fight back for Team Holiness. Fight back for Team Jesus.
And I know great men of God, men of God in this audience, that our current culture is saying that we could be more effective if we would be less confrontational and more conversational. Pull up a bar stool, take off your tie, dim the lights, put out a table, drink a latte. No, this is an Acts 238 church. This is a then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the message. And we believe the message, but I believe that the message also should be delivered in an apostolic method. Because before we know the message, we know the method. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 14, here's how he delivered that wonderful message. But Peter, stand, first thing you got to learn if you're going to be on our team is you can't cower down in conflict. You got to stand up. I said you can't stay on your pew. You've got to stand up. Oh, woman of God, when hell comes against you, stand up. When culture says it's not cool, stand up. When it's not popular, stand. And after you've done all. Come on, take a stand. Take a stand for this apostolic message. Take a stand for this one God, Jesus named truth. You've got to take a stand. You want to know why Lot, old Sodom, and Gomorrah is full of homosexuality? Look at Lot. Where's Lot? He's in the gate. What's he doing in the gate? Sitting in the gate. The man with the message, the man that had the answer was sitting down. Oh, well, what are they going to say about me on the internet? They're going to call me homophobic and it's gay pride month and maybe we should try to be a little less confrontational and not talk at homosexuality is going to send them to hell and how it's an abomination to God and, and I just don't want to hurt my, my Susie and Sally's friends. I don't want to hurt all their feelings so I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to come in in an incognito way and slip the truth in on the 14th message. Come on, somebody. Hey, no, 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 stand up, Lot. Look the internet in the eye and say, I know it's great pride month and it's sin. It's an abomination. Well, you're not going to be very popular. I might not be popular with the political crowd, but I've come to tell you, I'm on team Jesus and our team stands for something. Take a stand, take a stand. Oh, Eli, how did you die? Sitting in a stool. When men, oh, come on, somebody. When, when you sit down to compromise, your ministry's not gonna grow. You will lose your children. Just ask the prophet. I said you'll lose your children. But do you want to be honored? Do you want to be celebrated? Do you want to be remembered as a mighty man? Then stand for something. For a monument has never been constructed to a man that crumbled to compromise. But we celebrate men of war that stood in the face of adversity and declared righteousness and declared 
Oh, come on. Y'all acting like you nervous, like you wondering if we're going to win. Baby, you need to preach with the preacher. There's a battle going on tonight. You can feel it in the atmosphere. Righteousness is raging against unrighteousness. But I feel an anointing on me to tell you there is a God. There is truth and it will prevail. Stand. I know you in the fire, Shadrach. I know you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but don't sit down. Because you go through the valley. You go through the fire. Keep, get, 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 get up. Get up. Peter stood. Peter stood. Next thing he did is it tells us the volume. Before we know the message, we know he was a man that wasn't afraid to take a stand. Let me say this. God ain't handing the keys to no pansies. Well, let's, we're just so happy to have all the wonderful people. Oh, the volume's a little too loud for you, sister. Go ahead and turn it down. Come on. He stood up and he lifted up his voice. That means when he began to preach, it wasn't conversational. It was confrontational. He said, he looked hell in the eye and said, you're messing with the wrong player. You're wrestling with the wrong team. I know who I am, Brother, Hunt, Brother McCoy. I'm on Team Jesus. Oh, I wish I had a, a man of God that would lift your voice with a shout and let your adversary know where you stand. It's a fight for the voice. Yes. Cut off his head. Uh-huh. Herod said, shut the preacher up. Lock him in chains. Paul and Silas, big mistake they made. They could have shut, they could have saved themselves all kind of money with them chains. All they needed was some duct tape. Yeah. See, they can shackle us. They can put our feet, but if they put you in a prison cell of fear or in a prison cell, come on, uh, in the natural world, as long as you've got your voice, uh, you've got a way to get out. Hit me with the rock, Stephen said, but don't replace me with them. Ah, Abel, come on, Abel was such a worshiper that after he died, it was in his blood. I want to be a worshiper that when I die, it's in my blood. Oh, little Lewis, I got to praise to where it gets in Lewis's blood. I know it's the last night and they've danced us every night for 25 hours, but I'm going to dance on this night because I got a little boy that turned 10 and I got to get this in his blood. I've got to get this shouting, spinning, running. Holy Ghost praise in his blood to teach him this is what you do even when you're tired. This is what you do when you're weary. This is how you have the victory. Stand. So the fight rages. Every, every time your man of God gets behind this and starts fighting against the darkness of your world, you got to get on your feet. Don't you let him fight alone. Because if hell cannot establish his throne over the pulpit, Isaiah 14 and 13 says, 
I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. If I can't have the pulpit, I'll take the pew. If I can't get, you, you ain't going to get Brother Holmes to sit down. He just had cancer, like cancer surgery two weeks ago. Here he is up preaching all this jazz. We're not going to get these men of God to be silent. Hell knows it. So you know who he comes for? You. And do you know a pulpit that's compromised is one that's filled with a man that won't stand, filled with a man that won't shout. You know how the pew's compromised when it's got people in it that won't stand and won't shout. It's not just his job. It's your job. I can tell when I'm, I'm in a church where hell's throne has established itself. They don't stand for anything. They, they send you dirty messages when you preach against homosexuality. They send you ugly emails when you tell them to get to the altar. How do you know? Because I've got them. Come on. Might be some of them watching right now. It's not going to change. When I'm preaching right here is what I preach in Viter. And I take the hits. But you know what? We're not going to bow. We're not going to stop. We're not going to change. And when your preacher gets up here, be guaranteed. The texts, the emails, the tags on the social media are coming. So you got to get up and let hell know I'm on his team. Well, I've already heard that before. Who cares? Hell needs to hear it every time you get in the building. Every time. Luke chapter 4, Jesus, of course, is he's confronted with the adversary. There he is and tempted the stone, make it to bread, the worship. Cast thyself down. Each time he would counter, it is written, it is written. It is written. However, there's a fourth devil that he comes against. This devil is not in the wilderness, but this devil is in the church. Uh After he comes down out of the wilderness, he comes into the church. And there in Luke chapter 4, verse 28, and all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. They got angry. Verse 34 saying, let us alone, let us alone, let us alone, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus, thou son of Abraham? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art. These weren't Trinitarians. These weren't Muslims. These were people with the revelation that Jesus is God. But just because they had the revelation didn't mean they'd been exempt from an evil spirit. And that spirit was this, leave me alone. Don't mess with me. I, 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 we, we know Jesus is God. We just want to have good church. Stop poking us. Stop making us uncomfortable. Hey, the sign doesn't say massage parlor and, and, and spa. This is a church. This is the demon of complacency. And it's alive and work in the North American church. Come on, somebody. 
leave me alone. Don't just let me pay my tithe. I've literally had him say that. You should just be glad I come to your church. And I said, I'm not. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not just glad that you came to camp. All these guys might be, but I'm not. Because I realize it's not just about us getting together. We're in the fight of our lives. And we don't need pew pimples sitting around staring. We don't need compromisers that don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't need people looking at the clock one. Come on. Sir. It is written, he said. It is written, he said. It is written. But to the demon and the demonic spirit of compromise, he didn't preach a sermon. He didn't give them a word. He rebuked them. He cursed them and kicked them out. Let me tell you, the only solution that Team Jesus has for the compromise is not a discussion. There's no discussion taking place. This isn't a debate. You're either with us or you're a dick. Come on, somebody. You're either going to team Jesus or your own team hell. Join the team. Join the team. Join. Get behind your pastor. Get behind your man of God. I don't care if there's 20 people or 2,000 people. You get on your feet when the word goes forth and you say Amen. I know when I'm preaching to a church where Satan has established his throne. They don't stand and they're silent. Because, see, a serpent doesn't have a voice box. Oh, go ahead and Google it. I know you're going to anyway. Snakes don't have voice boxes. Snakes can't get loud. You need to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I come against it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shanda karabatada narabaha. That's why you never see Judas worshiping. Judas never gets loud for the high priest but he would get loud for the poor. See, you can get loud. <sighs> he would raise his voice for social justice issues. But when it came time to shout, we should, do a we should be doing more in our community. We should be helping more poor people. Well, how much money do we give to the homeless? How, let me tell you, we give thousands to the homeless. We just don't go out and YouTube video it. The church, the mission of our church is not to fix the ails of our society. We cannot. 
the poor you're going to have with you always. I'm not saying we shouldn't help them. Yes, we've got to help them. But the mission is not to feed all the hungry in the world. We can't. Jesus said you can't. It's impossible. But every church nowadays in modern America, it's one big social justice club. Ooh, we fed 3,037, and here they are with their little video cameras. You, here we are on the street. We're going to give this homeless man a donut. Come on. My God. Why you got to, you know who I've never seen with the video camera? The homeless man. How awkward that must be. Here I am on the street, and these church people, wonderful church people, are giving me a donut with sprinkles. Oh, I don't even have sprinkles on it. I'm not saying we don't help the poor. I'm not saying we don't help the widow and the fatherless. We do. But the mission is not that. We've got something better than a donut. My God, the reason charismatics have to hand out donuts and coffees and all that jazz on the street is because that's all they got. But oh, silver and gold and donuts and rent getting paid have I none. But such as I have, Pentecost is the answer. Not another latte, not paying your rent. Pentecost. That's okay. I'll get excited by myself. We've got Jesus. We're loud. We stand because we are die hard. We're here on Tuesday night. We took off work. We're not even getting paid from the boss, but we're die hard fans. My feet are sore from shouting, but I'm going to shout a little more because I'm a die hard fan. And it came to pass, as soon as they came nigh into the camp, see, they heard them, and then they saw them dancing. Diehard fans are loud, and diehard fans dance. I got a picture of a few of them. You got my pictures of them? That's what the world does at a ball game, and they don't even know if they're going to win the game. I said, diehard fans. Well, dancing's really not my personality. Yeah. Clap is in your Bible six times. Dance is in your Bible 15 times. Behold, old things are passed away. All things have become new. The new you dances. Well, it's not my per You got a new personality. This personality does this. Why? Because I'm a diehard fan. It's what I do. I'm loud and I move. I said I'm loud and I move. When their team wins, they run. Am 
I right? They run onto the court. They run onto the field. I'm going to churches now. Young people come to me and say, man, you're talking about this aisle running. We've never done that. And I'm all cool with you guys dimming the lights, but you better keep them up enough to where I can see or I'm going to bust a hole in your sheetrock. Hey, hey, hey. Don't you let the aisle run and die. If they can run on the court, I can run in the house. If they can run on the field, I can run in the aisle. I was, we remodeled our church and I had a, the pew designer guy, he's Baptist. He loves a little computer layout and he had the aisles. He said, now here's the aisles. I said, we're gonna have to have wider aisles. He said, well, no, you don't, sir. This is actually perfectly to code. I said it might be to your Baptist code, it might be to the city code, but it's not to Pentecost code. Pentecost code has an aisle wide enough for two-way traffic to run. Oh, I can't run. I can't run, preacher. I'm, I'm just... I'm just so weary. Well, I know why you're weary. You stopped running. For the Bible says, they shall run. The reason you're weary is because you're not running. Run, run. There's strength. Give me some young men up here. Give me some young people. We had the 40 and unders cry. I need, no, hey, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. That this right in here is pretty good if you want to jog. Split the waters right here. Split them. I need it right here. Split right here. Can you make that? You can make it? All right. I'm going to die. You know what you need to do if you're weary? Get your feet to doing this. You need to, if you're about to faint, you need to start walking. Because they shall walk and not faint. Why are you running? Because I'm a diehard fan. And fans run. Fans dance. Fans shout. Run. Run on, run on, Enoch. The only reason you were raptured is because you just kept on running. Run on, Shadrach. The reason you're still in that fire, not burn up, is because you kept on walking. Keep on walking. Keep on walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Keep on walking through your trial. Hey, preachers, don't design your buildings according to charismatic church standards. They don't have enough lights, they got too much fog, and their aisles are too narrow.
Brother Tuttle, I just, I just don't feel it. I got the solution. You know what you do when you don't feel it? Oh, no, no, y'all was do it anyway. That's not the Bible. See, I got it. I got it. There's the skeptics out there, the Greek and the Hebrew people. The kingdom of heaven, from the days of John the Baptist until. Oh, y'all don't know the Bible. It's going to add an hour to my sermon. From the days of John the Baptist until now. Look at your neighbor and say, that's right now, 2021. You're not too modern to run. From the days of John the Baptist, this is for all the I don't feel it people. Uh, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violent. And the violent take it by when you don't feel it, you force it. There's many a Sunday night, I don't feel it. But hell is destroyed by people that don't walk by their feelings. They walk by the fact that if I begin to shout, whether I feel it or I force it, hell, you want to have revival in your little home mission church? I know you're not going to feel it. You don't have curtain. You don't have the whole band. But you force it with an accordion. You force it with a tambourine. You f kingdom of heaven will be taken by people that force their way through their feelings. I know you're tired. I, I know it's last night. And Saturday night, I'm like, ooh, we already dancing on Saturday night. I thought we were going to do that on Tuesday night. Sunday morning, he got us dancing. Sunday night. And then Monday night, 337,000 tambourines, and we're all over the place. Woo. I know you're tired. I didn't come to ask you how you feel. I've come to ask you, what do you want to take from the other team? Because I came to camp meeting, and I didn't come to see what Brother Robinson was going to wear. I came to get some stuff back from the other team. I came to get joy. I came to force some things out. I came to get my hope back, my kids back, my joy. You ought to give God, you ought to grab a teammate's hand and begin to give him praise. Begin to give Jesus praise. Force it past your personality. Force it past your idea. Force it. It works. Fans, I'm a, I'm a die hard. I'm loud. I dance. I run. When I don't feel it, I force it. Because I am a fan. The fan will cheer on his team. Next thing about a diehard fan, diehard fans don't miss games. Put it on up there. Put, put my one where they're in the, in, in the cold. You got it? Are they... I can't come to church, Pastor. It's raining outside, and there's a puddle in my... I'm just going to text you this picture from now on. They sitting in the snow 
watching some stupid idolatry game that ain't going to give them nothing. Sitting up there freezing cold for a losing team. And you sitting at the house while the fire of the Holy Ghost is being poured out. I don't care. You're not a, you're not a fan. You're not, you, might, you, you, you might be kind of on the, on the outskirts. You're a bandwagon fan. But if I'm like that sucker and it's just me, I'll be at church, pastor. Because I am a die hard for, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We're diehard fans. Diehard fans. They're fans when they don't have an all star. When it's not the evangelist Cody Marks and it's just Pastor. And he don't have a cool illustration. It's just Acts 2.38. They get up and they shout for that player like they do if it's Tuesday night of camp meeting. Hey, you better not go home. Your pastor seeing you shout about this message and you go home and sit and stare at him. I just want to let y'all know I don't always preach this good. This is like all my good sermons in one. Come on. You got to go home and you got to preach with your preacher and worship with your worship team. Don't you shout with David Jennings and leave your keyboard player. No, 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 no. You're not a diehard fan. You're a fair weather fan. I praise God. It might be a harmonica off tune, but I'm a diehard fan. And when Moses heard the shouting and he saw the dancing and Moses saw the people, verse 25, you know what else he observed? In verse 25 of 32 of Exodus, they had made themselves naked because you dress like what you're a fan of. Oh, see, you hear that? I, I got like a, ooh, ooh. I wonder what he's going to, are you really wondering what I'm going to talk about? Really? You wondering what I'm going to talk about? Because what you wear lets us know whose team you're on. I was... I was at downtown Indianapolis, and the Indianapolis Colts had played a game. Well, their color's blue. I, I was just walking through. Oh, they were letting out thousands of these people, worshipers. And uh, I had a green sweater on, and they had blue, all blue. Boy, some dude got up in my face, started cussing me out. You wearing the color of the Green Bay Packers? You are a traitor. You ought to know you. I said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I, he said, no, you don't wear green on this street. You wear blue. My, my goodness. See, if the way we dress, it, it's not a rule thing. It's a fan thing. Well, I don't, I don't like the way we dress. It's such, it's such a drudgery. 
it's a drudgery, really? Have you ever met, have you ever met a cowboy or Razorback fan? And they're like, oh God, I just hate wearing this ugly hog. It's just so horrible that I have to wear this star all over me. I, oh, oh, it's such an ugly team jersey. I'm, I'm so embarrassed of it. And you know what? When I get to school, I'm going to take the jersey off, put it in my backpack, and I'm going to... Well, I just don't think holiness, holiness is so ugly. You want to know what's ugly? A picture of a hog. We literally kill those in Texas. They're nuisances. And they got them all proud on their cars and on their shirts and all this jazz. That's ugly. Mm. If wearing the Jesus jersey is a problem, you need to check your fan status. Because I love it. I love the long hair on the ladies. I love. There's no gold and jewelry. I love that, that we don't paint our faces. I love our men clean shaven. I love long pants. I love a suit and tie on a preacher. I love it, love it, love it. You know why I love it? Because I'm a die hard fire. Wear the color. Wear the jersey. You're on Team G's. Can I get somebody get excited about the jersey? Get excited about the look. Don't get an attitude when we start telling you, hey, green's not the color. Blue's the color. Don't get your attitude. We're just trying to get you in the right team color. You know, I've heard, figured out diehard fans don't care. You tell a diehard fan they can't wear red shoes, they're throwing them away. They're burning them in the backyard. Am I right, Brother Booker? I got an exactly right from Brother Larry Booker. Good night. That's like my hero. I never thought I'd be on the same platform, much less that he would say something I preached was exactly right. Y'all ought to shout again because he just said it was exactly right. Come on. If the, if the devil's color's blue, don't argue. Don't try to figure out what shade. Hey, son, that's... That's blue. No, no, this is uh, Azura. Uh, no, it, it ain't Azura. That's what Sherwin-Williams calls blue. If it looks blue, light blue, kind of blue, shade of blue, if it pertaineth... I said if it pertaineth to the world, I don't even want it to look like I'm on the other team. I don't even want it. I don't want to even get close to their jersey color. Get me on Team Jesus. If it's long hair, let's get it as long as we can get it. If it's shouting, let's make it as loud as we can get it. If it's running, let's run as fast as we can run it. Because we're die hard fast. You need to high five your neighbor and say, I'm a fan. I'm not going to go longer than 13 minutes. Oh, but preacher, 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 I came to camp meeting in tribulation. 
I've, my family is going through it. I just had six saints leave, and I only had five. Well, if you are going through tribulation, Jesus said you, you will go through tri tribulation. He said, but when you're going through tribulation, here's what you do. Be of, he didn't say be of cheer. He said be of, there's a good cheer for your tribulation. Who cheers? I'll tell you who cheers. Die hard when I'm in tribulation. Here's what we do. We're cheering. What you're cheering about? I'm cheering because I'm in tribulation. This is. I'm a die hard. I never stop cheering. I never stop shouting. I never stop giving him glory. Because I am a die hard. But be of good cheer. He's overcome. He didn't overcome your problem. He overcame what your problem's in. He overcame the world. You know what that's called? A world championship. Ladies and gentlemen, my high honor, distinct privilege to introduce to you the team that's never lost a war, never lost a battle, the 2021 World Champions. Give them a cheer. Give them a cheer. Give them a cheer. And Moses said, if they're going to have their team, he said, let's put our team together. Come on over here on this side. In this crazy world where men, they don't even want to be men. Homosexuality. I'm going to tell you, I got to get off my nose there. because It's running rampant. We have denominal churches in America that are licensing, ordaining homosexuals as preachers in their pulpits. I'm off my notes, but I can tell you right where it started. It started when gender identity was no longer an issue. 60, 70 years ago, they deviated and a woman could wear pants. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. But look where you end up 70 years down the road, baby. You, that's why I got to get up at camp. And say a man does not wear a garments a woman of a, a garments that a woman would wear, and a woman does not wear that which pertaineth to a man. It's an abomination. You know why? Because a few years down the road, I'm gonna tell you something about camp meeting. They ain't ever gonna have a homosexual in this. You know why? Because there ain't ever gonna be a man in a skirt, and there ain't ever gonna be a woman in a pair of pants. You know why? Because we're taking a stand. Because we're die hard fast. I'm off my notes, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. I've come to let the spirit of compromise in the church generation know. Go ahead and sell out. Go ahead and sell short. But we're diehard fans, and we're in it till the end.
He's seeking those. He's looking for those that will worship him in spirit, exuberance, and truth. You know what's crazy about these fans? When they get sick with cancer and admitted to the hospital, the coach don't come visit. When the electric bill gets due, LeBron James don't pay. When the marriage gets rocky and mama runs off and takes the kids, the Razorbacks don't give counsel. When the car gets repossessed, you don't even hear from the ball boy. But when you're a heaven fan and you get sick, where's Brother Dykes? He heals you. And, and when your marriage is on the rocks, can I get a witness? You don't have to be arrogant and proud and act like you never had marital problems. I said your marriage was on the rocks and the Razorbacks didn't save it, but Jesus did. I said your family was broken and the ball boy didn't send you a card, but Jesus did. And nobody visited you in the hospital, but the man of God, he showed up. He showed up because you're on team Jesus. And when you're on his team, you're, you're taken care of. Come on. All they want is your money. All they want is your praise. You give God your praise. You give God your money. And when you come on, when you have a need, he'll meet the need. When you have pain, he'll heal the pain. Because you are taken you ought to give God a hand. For thou fear not, for I am with you. I'm with. And you know what's great is that while I'm a fan of his, while Stephen was being stoned, he looked up into heaven and he said, I see him. He's standing up. You know why he was standing? Because he was cheering us on. Because not only are we his fans, he's our fan. Fear not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with my right hand and my righteousness. When you are his fan, he's going to take care of you. And I will give them eternal life. Uh, NBA can't give you eternal life. NFL can't give you eternal life but I will give them eternal life they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand my father which gave them to me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand I'm done get the music up here and don't bring sappy slow stuff matter of fact don't sing something I don't know I need something I know because I need to shout. I want to shout, you know. And I'm, I'm 40 now. I'm 40. I feel like I'm still preaching pretty good for being 40. You feel like I'm doing okay? 
we got we to gotta have the good church meter. You guys know what the good church meter is, right? Put your hand on your forehead. Wipe it. Look at it. Is it glistening? Look at your neighbor and ask them, is it glistening? Is there sweat? If your neighbor said no, you need to slap your neighbor up the side of the head and say, you're not a diehard fan. You need to shout until you're sweating. Hey. They come out of their worship centers. They come out of their ball games. They've got, come on, their voices are gone. They've got beat up because they got in fights. They got all kinds of jazz. Hey, when we leave, tides got to be crooked. Sweat's got to be pouring down because we are die hard fans. I'm done. I'm done. John answered, saying, Unto them I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, that latchet, this is Pentecost, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. Read it with me. Read this. He shall, put it on the screen. We got these big fancy, I know, we got these big fancy screens. We need to use them. Hey, aren't the sound and the lights people doing amazing, though? They catch a lot of flack. But that screen... That wouldn't fit in my church, I can tell you that. Pretty much nothing in here would fit in my church. But it don't matter if it's a big church. It don't matter if it's a little church. Doesn't matter if it's a way game or a home game. Doesn't matter if there's a lot of... I'm a die hard. You got my verse up there? Maybe I didn't give this one to you. This one's kind of important. But y'all remember John chapter 3, Luke chapter 3 verse 16. I think it's coming. Ooh, John answers saying, I indeed bat uh, baptize you with water. Keep going. But one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. Let's read this one together. He shall. Next verse. Next verse. Stop right there. Who's what? Who's what? If you're a fan, you're in his hand. Hey, you know what I'm doing right here? I'm dancing my way up into the hand of God. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm taking care of the bills. I'm taking care of the money. I'm taking care of the marriage. I'm taking care of the trouble. I'm a, I'm a die. You got a marriage problem? You need to dance. You got a money problem? You need to shout. You got. I release the fans to go wild. I need somebody to lift your voice. Stop. We've shouted our faces off. But there's still people here that came to camp with trouble. Can I get a witness? Somebody in the house. You got pain in your body. No, 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 no. Don't put your hand up just because it's your automatic reflex. Like, whoop, put it up, get him to quit. No, I need you to be honest because we're about to take care of some stuff. I need somebody, your son. You don't know where he's at right now. Your daughter, you don't know what she's drinking right now. 
I need a pastor that's discouraged. I need a mother that's troubled. I need a teenager struggling with lust. I need, come on. I need a single young lady struggling with anxiety and anger. I need you to be honest now. Lift your hand. If you got it, keep your hand up. Now, here's what you're going to do. We're going to take care of that. Take your neighbor's hand. Take that same hand that you held up your trouble with and now fill that hand with the hand of a fan. Now, no, 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 we're not going to cry. We cried, what, Monday afternoon. We're going to shout. But we're not going to shout by ourselves. And we're not going to shout until we know the wall has crumbled. Until you feel God's mercy begin to envelop your life. Until you feel the hand of God in the fingers of Almighty God begin to wrap themselves around your situation. On the count of three, you're going to lift your voice. You're going to shout and let hell know whose team you're on. And then you're going to dance yourself into his hand. On the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah! You're not shouting. Come on. Come on. There it is. in his hand. Get a bone in his hand. Get in his hand. Get in his hand. Some people running. I know it's crowded, but find a way to run. Find a way to dance. Find a way to let hell know whose team you're on.
Jesus. Shout, shout, Jesus. I gotta, hey, I'm 40. This might be my last camp meeting. I gotta, to preach, I'm always gonna come. Hey, I gotta tell you a little story about Kelly Davalos, Brother Booker. She got the Holy Ghost. She wanted her backslidden husband be saved. So you know what she would do? She would bring his suit and tie to church every service. And she would put it on the pew next to her. That's pretty good, but that's not all. She was a diehard fan. When the song started, she would get up and she'd start running the aisles. And she ran the aisles with the suit. You know what happened? Blaine got the Holy Ghost and he's in church today. You know why? Because she was a die-hard fan. And his fan is in his hand. Somebody shout Jesus. But that's not all. They wanted to have a baby, Brother Booker. Couldn't have a baby, couldn't have a baby. So you know what she did? She got a baby outfit and she brought it to church. Well, that's crazy. Crazy if you're not a diehard fan. But if you're a diehard fan, you'll stand at the, mm, at the door of a tomb and start talking to dead things. She took that little onesie and she'd run the aisles with the little onesie and she'd shout and dance. You know what happened? She's got a baby. Matter of fact, she's got a few of them. You know why? Because his fan is in his hand. If you need a miracle, you ought to go. You ought to take a suit coat of a loved one. Come on, get a hold of something that signifies them. And you've danced for you. You've danced for your miracle. Now I need you to dance for your lost family member. I need you to shout for the baby of promise in the womb of time. Begin. Begin. Go, 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 go. Come on, fans. Come on, fans. Shout. Lost 
son in the house, a cousin or a brother, lift your hand. All right, you need to find a man that's got a tie on. Have him take his tie off. It's okay, it's okay. That tie is going to represent that boy. And I need Mother of Zion, take your neighbors, if you, whoever's next to you. Hey, brother, give your tie to some mother, give them to some father. Come on, get it, that tie. Right here? All right. You hold that tie. Now, look, I gave you a tie. That tie has shout. That's not a standstill tie. Don't you, don't you get that standstill spirit into my tie. You're going to have to shout. You ready? If you ain't going to shout, give it to somebody else. All right. Now, look, if you just took your tie off and handed it to a mother, a father, or a brother, that tie represents that boy. Now, you need to, come on, whoever, if you got it in your hand, it's not time for you to sit down and not be a fan. And see, look, all these nights you've been, you shouted for your miracle. You shout because you know who you are. You shout because you're committed to the gospel. You shout because you're coming out of the wilderness. Now you're going to shout because you're not going to come out alone. You're going to take your baby with you. On the,
to me to do, I got to tell you, your dance does put Satan under your feet. <laughs> and you guys celebrate him being under your feet, but if he's under your feet, it still means he's in your house. And it means you're sitting down. The devil shouldn't be under your feet. He should, his head should be stomped and way in another side of town. Stop celebrating him under your feet. Start celebrating him outside your house. My dance will put Satan out of my life. I don't trust him with my feet. But here's the true test. I've never done this. But the Lord just spoke to me that a characteristic of a diehard fan is I've never heard him complain about the ticket price. Pay $100,000 for floor seats at a game. 
for a team that would lose. And we got to beg to get quarter million dollars out of a th three, four thousand people. I asked Pastor if it was okay. But I feel like if we could get those ushers back up here on this platform, you know how we're going to go home this year? Die hard fans. Oh, I know you danced. But can you pay the ticket price? Quarter million dollars, that's nothing for a people. Come on. We're a rich people. We're a blessed people. We've got more. Come on, somebody. I've never done this, but pastor said it's okay, and I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Come on, we're going to give our way home. We're going to soak. Come on, is this camp meeting a blessing to you? You've danced about your lost loved one. Now we're going to give like we've never given. And as we give, I feel resistance in the Holy Ghost. But I believe I'm preaching to some die-hard fans. And this message is going to be sent across the world. Here's what we're going to do. I need you all to back up just a little bit. Back up just a little bit. We're going to dance a little bit. Woo! Somebody shout, yes! That's pretty good if you was wondering if you had the victory. Somebody shout yes! And Vider's going to give $5,000. Woo! Hey, come on, Brother Robinson. You should have preached. I don't even know why they have me. But you know why he's awesome? Because he's from Vider. Y'all, aren't you from Vider? Well, he's trying to work his way out of it. See, that's like most people from Vider. They try to get out of it. But it's the best thing going. Tim people. <laughs> Hey, what's scripture say? God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. A diehard fan is a cheerful giver. So get your money, but don't you do it with a frown. I said get your cash, but don't you do it with a tear. Get your offering and do it with a smile. They're going to stand up across the front. I know you dance with a tie, but can you dance with a dollar? Get it in your hand. Come on. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, here's what we're going to do. Line them all up. Oh, hey, ushers, here's what you better do. You just start walking out. Y'all just walk on out in there. Come on, and as they begin to give, you begin to shout. Come on, Vider just gave $5,000. Come on, North Carolina gave $5,000. We're going to give way past a quarter of a million because we're diehard fans. Come on, we pay more than the ticket price. We're excited about it. Little Rock's giving $10,000 to Global Missions. Come on, Raleigh, come on, Dur Durham, Durham just got to $10,000. Come on, this is going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened. We're not just going with a shout, we're going with sacrifice. Five thousand, ten thousand, ten thousand from Joe McCoy. My goodness, if Joe gave ten, I gotta give ten. I'm giving eleven thousand. Vider's giving eleven. I can't let Porter outdo me. Come on, somebody, and I'm gonna give it with a shout. I said I'm gonna. 
give it. Come on, Joel. That's 21,000. We're going to give it with a shout. Because we're die hard fans. We're die five-pound generate. Come on, generate. Get with somebody. Come on. The gore. $5,000. Come on, brothers. Got 40 people in this church. Just gave $1,000. This scares the devil. I said, this scares the devil. Y'all looking at me like you don't know what to do. This is how you put hell on the run. Because we're, we're not just shouting. We're paying for it, hell. We're going to send the gospel around the world. Pentecost is the answer. Somebody ought to make it sound like heaven in here. You know what heaven's going to be like? Loud. Loud. It's going to be so loud. Generette just went to 10,000. Brazil's given $1,000. Y'all need to get more excited. Like I feel like I'm at a funeral home. I thought we was pushing the...
people saying 5,000, 1,000. The guy that's a friend of Brother Kirk, Tim, he's here helping us on our broadcast. And he said, I want to give $1,000. Hey, God will bless you. What do you say? Let's end this thing just giving God praise. 